And so I want to start with this question in our lesson tonight. And uh, we thank everybody for being here tonight. I am um, very excited about this lesson and um, what it posed for all of us and how it will transform our lives in us understanding who God is and not from our little minuscule way of looking at him, but we will see him in such a different manner as we go through our study here. So let's look at our first slide tonight, and we're going to teach mainly by slide. I will promise you, if you can take notes, if you can write stuff down, it will be to your benefit. You might have missed the train tonight, but don't miss the train next time I teach, so watch out. So the first question we we have on our slide presentation here is, what do we know about God? What do we know about God? And we can say a lot of things that we know about God, but I'm going to teach you about eight things about God that is essential. Eight characteristics or let me say attributes. Eight attributes I'm going to teach you about God. That's the beginning of this lesson. Eight attributes about God that is very, very important to understand about God. So what do we know about God? God's word revealed the unique attribute of his deity. So next slide there. That's we're going to need someone to be sliding. So we're going to move quickly through these slides because there's a lot there to uh, look at. So God's word revealed the unique attributes of deity. Okay, we're we're on um, page number five now on the slide. These attributes are not shared by any other being or thing. These attributes of God. They're not shared by any other being or thing. Okay? Next slide. These attributes are beyond our capacity to experience. We can't experience them because we're not God. Okay? All right. You're not going to be able to write all of these down. I can't, I can't wait for you. You just got to write down what you can and we'll move along. All right, so here's the first attribute that I will tell you about God. God is absolute transcendent beyond all limits. God is absolute transcendent beyond all limits, right? He is holier than the holiest, higher than the highest. Better than the best. More than the most. We're talking about God here. If you feel like praising him when you hear something, you feel like worshiping when you hear something, you need to go ahead and do that. Because who we're talking about tonight and what he possessed and who he is is beyond comprehension. But he made it where we can comprehend it. No limitations can be imposed on God. So here we go sometimes. God, if you God, God, can you do this? And God does some things sometimes that we think that we made God do something. But you'll learn a little bit of how God operates. Because if we control God, then God is not God. If we control him, then he can't be God. God's being does not result from any external power or circumstance. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, 
Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. God is the only being whose existence does not result from an external power or circumstance. Colossians 1 and 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You better start thinking about that one. By him all things consist. Consist must mean he has everything. Uh, Acts chapter 17 verse 28, for in him we live, the key word there before I go any further, in him, right? In him, in where? We'll find that out as we go along, but in God we live and move and have our being. Do we really understand that we're living, we're moving, and we're humans because we, we, we are from Him. We are from Him. That's why we are who we are today. So whatever we're being and whatever we're doing, it's because we are in Him. It's because of Him that we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. Hebrews 12 and 29. For our God is a consuming fire. Consuming fire. First Timothy 6.16 Who had immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto. It says God is dwelling in the light and nobody can approach that. So now you're getting an understanding that nobody really can approach God. This is why the Bible says, has any man had ever seen God? No, because you can't approach God. You will burn up. He is light. And so nobody can approach him. I want you to get this picture and understand where we're going is God had to become something in order for us to deal with him. If he stayed the way he was, we couldn't have relationship with him. So this is how far God is coming from to try to have relationship with us. Whom no man had seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. God, this is number two, God is absolutely immutable. He never changes. I'm going to try to get God to change this situation. Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. If God changed, at some point in time, we would be in trouble. James 1 and 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He don't change. Number three, God is absolutely omniscient. He already knows everything. You don't catch God by surprise. You don't do something and God scratches his head and says, I cannot believe she did that. That's it. God don't operate like that. He knows what you will do before you even do it. You're not surprising him. Psalms 
147.5, great is our Lord and of great power is understanding is infinite. First John 3 and 24, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Oh man, help me Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but this is why I'm teaching this tonight because every word, all the word of this this, this Bible study, it moves me. And it says that if our heart condemn us, how many times do you feel condemned? Like, I've messed up so bad, it don't even make sense to go to church. I've messed up so bad, it don't even, I'm, I'm just pretending. I'm not even a real Christian. And your heart is telling you how you're the worst. And God is trying to tell us tonight, I'm bigger than that. God knows everything. He knoweth all things. Number four, God is absolutely sovereign. He governs everything. Isaiah 46, 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. I thought it was about me. I thought what I wanted is what God wants. Can I just take a break and, and just and just shift over here and say this? If you are continuing in your daily reading, my goodness, God's word is so good that you can read the same thing a hundred times and sometimes it just, on the one hundred one time it hits you different. And I was reading Nehemiah the other day, and the one thing I can just throw out today to tell you in reading Nehemiah, we better start finding out what God's promises are, Brother Bob, and find out what God's will is, and that's what we pray. Everything else we pray about, nonsense. We better find out what is God's will and what is God's promise. And when you find that out, you go to God and begin to pray that because he got to answer that. God told Nehemiah because of the idol worship he was going to scatter Jerusalem. But if they will turn from their idol worship and come back to me, I will bring them back together. They will scatter all over the world and then guess what happened? Nehemiah went to the king who he was working for and says, oh king. And the king said, your countenance is down. And Nehemiah said, yes. He said, what happened? Because Jerusalem is broken down and burnt down and the walls are down. And, and he says, king, if it will be alright with you, can I go back and build up Jerusalem? He fasted and prayed, and, and the king granted him the permission to go back and build up the walls. He even gave him letters to say, let him through, nobody stop him, and even sent men with him. You know why? Because God had said, if you will turn back to me and not worship idols, uh, I will bring Jerusalem back. I will bring Israel back, and I will let them stand again. So his 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 be his way of being was I am going to go back and try to get it together because God said if we will do it He will bring us back together. What are we praying about right now? Are you praying because this is wrong or that's wrong or you want to see this change or did you go in the Bible and says what is God saying about this? What is God saying about that? What promises have God made? And once you find that out, start praying that. You pray that. 
And then you will begin to see God hand in everything because God will be moving because he got to do it. My counselor shall stand and I will do my pleasure. He cannot be compelled to do anything by any exterior force or power. It don't matter how much you pray. If it's not what God wants, it won't happen. Praying loud, it don't make God say okay. Praying hard, it don't make God say okay. If it's not his will, it won't happen. What does, what, what he does is determined only by who and what he is. Oh, we better get to know this God that we're serving. We know a little bit about him, but he wants us to know a whole lot more than that. Revelation 19 and 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. The fifth attribute, God is absolutely omnipotent. He possesses all power. Isaiah 43, 13 says, Yea, before the days was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Revelation 1 and 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Number six attribute, God is absolutely omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time. Everywhere all the time. Whatever you said when you thought you said it in secret, he heard it. Wherever you went that you wasn't supposed to go, he saw it. Whatever you're doing that you think that nobody else knows, he knows it. He is present everywhere all the time. 1 Kings 8.27, but God, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. Now listen to this. It says the heaven... And the heaven of heavens cannot contain God. I thought he was on the throne in heaven. You better start thinking about who this God is. If God, if, if God is the one sitting on the throne, he's in heaven sitting on the throne, how can he say the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain him? Oh, help us, Jesus. Jeremiah 23, 23. Am I a God at hand, saith The Lord and not a God afar off. He says, I'm here and I'm there. I'm everywhere. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Whoa, saith the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? The seventh attribute. God is absolutely eternal. He is without beginning, pause, or end. God always existed. He never stopped existing, and He will always exist. Hmm. Psalms 90 and 2, before the mountains were brought forth, or even thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. 1 Timothy 1.17, now unto, I sung this song when I was in class. Y'all, I don't know. Maybe it's just me and I'm in different, I'm just in a different place with this thing. Now unto the king eternal immortal, 
invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. I don't know about you, but the song came to me, said to the King, eternal, immortal, the invisible, only God, be the honor and glory Honor and glory forever to God Almighty. He is so wonderful and powerful, and He's all present everywhere all at once. Honor and glory unto the Lord. I don't know about you, but God is so wonderful. He is so mighty and so powerful. I'm so glad to call Him my God. I'm so glad to call Him my Savior. I'm so glad to call Him my King. I'm so glad to call Him my Ruler. I'm so glad to call Him Creator. I don't know about you, but he is eternal. God is absolute love. First John 4 and 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. First John 4, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Love contains all of God's moral attribute. Everything that God does, he does it out of love for good. So all of the moral things, why why we got to do this, why we got to do that? Because God had established it out of love. Love is the one attribute of God that most people doubt. Why do we doubt that love thing? Because you think when somebody loves you, they're supposed to do everything you want. And every time somebody tell you no to something, they can't love you. I thought you loved me. What? Because I said no, you don't love I don't love you. Because I said no, I don't love you. Well, you better take that up with God because God don't say no, to, don't say yes to everything. But he absolutely loves you. God is not defined by any one of these attributes by itself. God is all of his unique attributes combined. God is unique. Somebody need to say that. Say say it with me. Say, God is unique. We can't compare him to anything or anyone. God is unique and he's God all by himself. There is nothing or anyone or anything that can ever compare to God. And we got to realize that God is just awesome. Other direct statements in the Holy Bible gives us the most illuminating insight into the very essence of God's being. Second Timothy two thirteen. If we believe not, yet he abided faithful, he cannot deny himself. Remember that. Remember that statement and write it down, put it in your brain. God can't deny himself. Mm. Because that's one of the things that will explain a lot of things that happens. God can't deny himself. Don't forget that one. God can't deny himself. 2 Timothy 2 and 13. God cannot deny himself. He abided faithful. The fundamental elements of his being are constant and unwavering. God cannot deny himself. Nothing he does or say can be contrary to or violate the fundamentals of who and what he is. 
So not denying himself meaning his word is already established. And you trying to get him to do something contrary to his word, that's denying himself. He can't deny himself. If his word says it, you better take it to the bank and know it will be that and it can't be nothing else. You can't change it and he can't change it. Because if he changes it, he's denying himself and God can't deny himself. Titus 1 and 2, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. He can't lie. So how can he ever change his word? Can't do it, because he can't lie. Can't deny himself. He is the truth. He cannot lie. Lying would violate his essential being. Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He does not change. No external forces can change who and what he is. And because no external forces or events can change his essential being, his first love for us is never diminished. Don't you thank God for that? Because he says he loves us, he can never change that. And so once God say, I love you with an everlasting love, he can't change it. So no matter whatever happened, he can't stop loving you. He, his love is so deep that there's people that's going to be in hell, brother Tom, that he's going to love every one of them. Everybody that will go to hell, God loved them anyhow, but he didn't send them there. Because he can't deny himself. So people are going to end up in hell because God can't deny himself. He didn't send them there. And so people are going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth and he's loving them anyhow. I know you can't comprehend that, but that's our God. God's word tell us even more things about God. God is unsearchable. Uh huh. What does that mean, preacher? Job chapter 11 verse 7, canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? We will never be able to find God out to perfection. That's why for the rest of our time living in this world or living in this earth, we need to be seeking Him. That's why He said if you seek, you will find. You will never know everything about God, but He wants you to know everything you can know about Him. It's not God's will that whatever you know, that's all you need to know because God wants you to get closer to Him. He wants you to know Him like you've never known Him. He wants your life to be different, to be changed and transformed. Transformed, And the only way your life will be changed and transformed is the more you get to know him, the more you start changing. Ugh. I can't compare him with anybody. But I will just throw this in. If you love your spouse, the more you get to know them, the more you know how to please them. It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and the broader than the sea. Job 37, 23. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict. God is Unique. Isaiah 46, 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, 
the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And besides me, there is no God. Isaiah 44, 8, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from the time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Question mark. Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Isaiah 45 and 5, I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. Isaiah 45, 21, tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who had declared this from ancient times? Who had told it from the time? Have not I the Lord? And there is none. And there is no God else besides me. A just God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Hosea 13 and 4. Yet am I the Lord, thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me. I told you, we're not worshiping idols, but if we're not doing what we're supposed to do and treating God the way we're supposed to treat them, what you don't consider an idol, it is an idol. Thou shalt know no God, and he got small g. That can be your money, that can be your phone, that can be your house, that can be your pocketbook, it can be your wallet, it can be your job, it can be anything. No God. For there is no Savior besides me. Your money can't save you. Your pocketbook can't save you. Your car can't save you. Your education can't save you. There's only one Savior and his name is Jesus. That's the one we need in our life. And so I thank God for all the blessings and all the provision. But that can't save me. There's people that's dying and they got money and their money won't stop them from dying. It might have slowed the death down. But death is sure to come no matter how much money they have. Only one Savior. Isaiah 43, 10, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now, he is just saying it like that. I guess the, the, the language, this is the only way for him to say it, because he says, before me there was no God formed. Let me tell you a secret. There was nothing before him. There was nothing before God, so it couldn't be anything for him because he is eternal. He always existed, so nothing could be before him. That was just only his way of getting to our understanding what he means. But there was nothing before God because he was never before any, everything. Nothing was before him because he was everything always. Eleven. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. God is incomprehensible. Psalms 89 and 6, for who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Isaiah 40 and 18, to whom then will ye liken God? Or what likeness will ye compare unto him? 
Isaiah 40 and 25. To whom then will you liken me, or shall I be equal? saith the Holy One. Isaiah 46 and 5. To whom will ye liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? Isaiah 46 and 9. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Let me mess with some of your theology now. The Godhead where All the power exists. The Godhead is not like an egg, shell, yolk, and white. You know, we keep on trying to break down this Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And we're trying our best to figure out how does that work. And we're trying to explain it. It's not explainable this way. We can't say God is like an egg, shell, yolk, and white. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No, no. Here's another way we try to describe things. The Godhead is not like fire, heat, and light. Now let me take a pause right here and tell you this. What you're learning tonight, please don't take it to go fight with anybody. Go let them know how much you know. Amen. I'm telling you, what you're learning here tonight, a lot of people will get it eventually. God reveals to people as he feels, and so there is nobody special. He will reveal what he needs to reveal to people. But I'm telling you what I'm teaching you tonight. Not a lot of people have this revelation that you may be associated with. So I don't want you going taking this. You're learning this for your life to change and for you to get closer to God and for somebody to see you and say, man or sister, what is it about you? And your explanation will be, I just know him for myself. I just have an understanding of who he is. And my understanding of who he is, it just moves me to behave the way I do. It just moves me to do the things I do because I have an understanding of who he is. That's all this is supposed to be for. Not for you to tell people how much you know. Very tempting to do that. The Godhead is not like fire, heat, and light. Here's the big one. The Godhead is not like water, ice, and steam. You will hear people talk about these different ways of describing God. You will hear people say, God, robe in flesh. Say, Jesus Christ is God, robe in flesh. I have said it. It's not really accurate. God is too amazing. It's not really accurate. So when you hear somebody say, oh, God is like, you know, uh, water, ice, and steam. Or, you know, like the egg. You know, you got the yolk and the white and, you know, the, 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 the stuff, the, the shell. No, no. God is incomparable. You can't compare him. God is not an immense amplification of all the best qualities and highest ideals of a human being. We're trying to come up with our own ideology. We're trying to come up with our own understanding of who God is. So we put things together to try to uh, amplify who he is. Mm -mm. Nope. God is incomparable. That's just what it comes down to. The God that you're serving, the God that you pray to, the God that you worship, you got to realize he is he is incomparable. Well, God is like, as soon as somebody said God is like, you just got to say, God is like nothing. There's nothing like him. Nothing. He is unique. There is nothing in this world, out of this world, below this world that is like God. He is incomparable. There's nothing like him. We can't compare him to anything. God is unique. 
That's the bottom line. He is unique. Nothing is going to compare. God is unsearchable, but God has revealed himself. We'll talk about this a little bit more as we go along into the lesson. Listen to me. Before anything existed, God exists. How can God exist in nothing? That's a good explanation, but you know, we like to, our minds like to say, well, I need to understand that. And probably that's what this lesson is for. And so we can always say because he's God, but we're going to get some understanding and say, here is how. God revealed himself. God is relative. He made sure we can relate to him. He made sure he was relevant. And he made sure he revealed himself. Hmm. We need to know the deep things of God. Has God revealed we need to know the deep things God has revealed about himself. They explain who and what God is, how and why he does what he does, and doesn't do what he doesn't do. We're getting into some places now. Knowing these things will help us find the answers to important questions like, who am I? So let me go back down and tell, let's go back and look at what we just said. We need to know the deep things God has revealed about himself. So God has revealed some things about himself that we need to know. It's in the scripture, obviously. They explain these deep things that we need to know. They explain who and what God is, how and why he does what he does. And doesn't do what he doesn't do. Knowing these things will help us find the answers to important questions like, who am I? What is the purpose of my life? Everybody likes to know those two, two things. Who am I? What is my purpose? Why am I going to church anyway? What is this all about? Why am I going to work? Why I got to pay bills? We got a lot of questions that we don't have answers to, and we just try to go with the flow of what everybody else is doing, but we still have these burning questions that we feel like we have not yet got answered. Why did God create? Woo! It's a big one. Why does God allow all of this pain and suffering? If God knows everything, and is all powerful. Couldn't he have taught, thought of a better way? Yeah, uh, there's some of us that have thought that. Why things are working the way it's working? Couldn't God work out a different way for things to work? Surely he can do something better than this. We just watched a video where one million people are killed in three months over in Rwanda. Couldn't he have done something about that? I thought he was all powerful. Thought he's all present and he's all knowing. Why is he allowing these things? When you get to know him, you understand. The Lord has revealed the answers to these questions. There is another essential principle of God's being that will help answer these questions. To see it, we need to take a thought journey back through all the ages of time the beginning. 
What do we know about the beginning? We're getting ready to end on a good note. God did not have a beginning. That's what we know about the beginning. God existed before all beginnings. The Bible provides an accurate description of before the beginning. You ready for this? This is coming up. You'll see before the beginning. The next slide shows you before the beginning what it looked like. You want to see before the beginning what it looked like? You ready? You ready, Josiah? This is what before the beginning looked like. I know you're waiting for something. That's before the beginning. And God existed in that. How can he exist in nothing? Josiah Weir, slide it up so they can see. You missed it? No, 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 no. Where, where's the nothing? Go back to the nothing. You got to keep the nothing. What is that? That's page 108. Let them see page 108. Yeah. There you go back. You missed it. Yes. Stay right there. Uh-huh. You missed it, huh? You thought we messed up. <laughs> Brother Bob, God is so good. He thought we messed up. They have a blank page up there. No. Before the beginning was that. Nothing. And God existed in that nothingness. What kind of God do we serve? What kind of God is this that we're dealing with that existed in blank? Woo! Now we can go, go, go to John, 1 John 1 and 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 1 Timothy 6.15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only had immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, who no man had seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. If God stayed as everything while there was nothing, we couldn't even approach Him if we exist because He is light and He would just burn everything up and nothing could get close to him. Uh, look, try getting close to the sun or the moon and see what happens. Man, God. He was here in nothing while being everything. Everything is in God and there was nothing existing because everything was in him. Nothing exists without God. God existed and nothing exists. Everything that came forth came from him because he existed when there was nothing. Are we getting this? That he existed when there was nothing? So there was no grass. There were no trees. There were no animals. There were no dirt. There were no seed. There was nothing. Nothing existed. Everything was in him. What kind of God is that? Before the beginning... God is everything. Here we go again. That's correct, Josiah. 
That's before the beginning. But he existed in that. Before the beginning, only God existed. Not even nothing existed in addition to him. So there was nothing. He was everything and nothing at the same time. God was everything and nothing at the same time. We're getting somewhere. I'm going to hit you with it before we get out of here tonight. He was everything and nothing at the same time. You'll find out how that works. Before the beginning, there is no space. There is no place. There is no time. Before the beginning, God is absolutely self-sufficient. Why did he create something else? He didn't create. You know, let me burst my bubble first, and maybe your bubble will get burst while I'm bursting my bubble. Well, God is so powerful, and he existed all by himself, but he was lonely, so he needed me. He needed to fellowship. He needed to have people because he was all by himself. He was just all by himself. And so he figured the only way not to be by himself, he was going to create me and you and everybody. That's what I've always felt. That's not accurate. Why did he create? Anybody? Why did God create when he existed all by himself? He needed some companionship. You're getting ready to see it. There is a fundamental law God imposed upon himself. I'm probably going to stop at the fundamental law. Existence demands. I fell on my face when I, when I, when I, when I got that understanding. I said, God. We have no clue. I appreciate him making us in his image. I appreciate him making us to be in fellowship with him and us loving him. But that ain't the first reason why he created. Existence demands justification. And if he just existed all by himself, what good is that? What's your reason for existing, God, if you stayed by yourself? What's your reason? Why are you existing if you're just existing? It makes no sense. You are everything and you are nothing. Why are you existing then? We're not around. Remember, I'm just talking to him. So existence demands justification. And that's why God started creating. Because God cannot exist and call himself being existing God and had nothing that came from him. Then what's your purpose, God? You see where this is going? Are you following this where it's going? God put his own law upon himself and says, you better justify why you exist. You are the almighty, all-powerful God. You better justify why you exist because if you can't do that, then why you exist? You're nothing because you can't justify why you exist. God imposed that law on himself. 
now you want to mess with it now? Now you want to stay far from it now because you know what's coming next. You understand what's coming next now, right? You want to take a shot at what's coming next? Uh-huh. 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 If the Almighty... I don't know what we're going to do from here tonight, but if the Almighty God determined that if He exists, He had to, He had to justify His existence, if the Almighty put that law on Himself, then we have to ask ourselves the question now, why do we exist? You're going to have to justify why you exist. If God justified why he exists, you're going to have to. And the soul that can't justify why they exist, they will be counted for nothing. Now you want to know when the, when the scripture talk about that, 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 that unprofitable tree, cut it down. That unprofitable branch, cut it down. Throw it in the fire. Now you understand the deep things now. Why was he saying throw the branch in the fire? Because it didn't grow, bear any fruit. Because you have to justify why you exist. None of us can weasel out of this because God put that on himself. He existed all by himself. He was everything. He, he, he was everything while he was nothing. Now you understand why I say God was everything while he was nothing. Because who knew he was everything? There was nobody to know anything. So why was he existing? God always existed. We always talk about that. God always existed. Okay, God, then why do you always exist? For what reason? If there's nothing or nobody, why do you exist? He had to justify his existence. And everything that comes after him has to follow that law. You better justify your existence. I don't care what you think about it, but all I can tell you is the Almighty justified why he existed, why he was available. And so now it's up to us to determine why we exist. There is no justification for a tree that does not bear fruit to exist. Luke 13 and 7, then said he unto the dresser of the, his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? There is no justification for a branch that does not bear fruit. Listen. This is just the beginning of this lesson. Now you understand. People want to say, why God need us to praise him? Oh, it's so, oh, we've got some ways to go now. We're stopping here tonight. But now you understand just a little bit. There are some, there, there, there is, there are reasons why we exist and we have to justify it. But at least one of the reasons is, let me praise him. Let me worship him. Let me, let me give him honor. Let me do something to him. Why? That's justifying my... Oh, 
Oh, God. Now you understand why it's worth it to pray. It's worth it to worship God. It's worship to give Him praise. It's worth it because I'm justifying my existence. He has justified His existence by creating us. And so He says, I'm all here by myself. I'm going to justify why I'm here. Let me create those people. But now these people have to justify why they are now here. What are they going to do? Let's stand to our feet. We can't just live and be blown by the wind. You're going to have to justify to God. He knows why you're here. He knows why you exist. But you got to know it. Just like he had to know why he existed. He had to know that. He told himself, if you can hear him reason with himself, you everything. But while being everything, you nothing. Because who is here? And what is here? Nothing. So you're here all by yourself. Nothing exists. What are you justifying yourself? And he says, I have to impose that law on me. I'm going to impose that law on myself. I'm going to have to justify why I exist. I'm going to have to justify why I always existed. And the way he did that was by creating us. He started creating. He said, I'm going to justify why I exist. Let me start creating. And he started creating. And now creation has to justify why it exists. The tree got to justify why it exists. The ant got to justify why it exists. Grass got to justify. Everything that exists has to justify why it exists. That's why we're here today. We are part of God's justification of himself. We're here today because God had to justify his existence. And so now it's incumbent upon us to now justify why we are here. Are we just going to be like one of these branches? Bear no fruit? Are we going to be like one of these trees that bear no fruit? Are we going to be one of these things that have no reason for existing? Because if we are, then we are defying God's reasons are reason of existence. And as I said, if God put it on himself, who in here is better than God? Not one. We can't even compare to him because he's incomparable to anything. He's unique. He's unsearchable. You can't search him out to perfection. He's absolute transcendent. I mean, we can go on and on. And if he imposed the law upon himself to justify his existence, we have to justify our existence. This should move you to understand why you should worship God. This should move you to understand why you should praise God. Now you understand the scripture that says, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Because everything has to justify its existence. And so if you exist, you better justify. Because if you don't justify, you won't be needed.
very least, let me worship God. At the very least, I'm going to praise God. At the very least, I'm going to give him honor because I have to justify my existence. Somebody hear me tonight. Somebody hear me tonight. I didn't know this all my Christian walk. But I thank God because he has allowed us to understand it. We don't have to be ignorant Christians. We don't have to be a people that says, well, I don't understand. Aren't you glad God chose to reveal things to you that ordinarily you wouldn't just know by yourself? I thank God because he's revealing things to us. But understand this, to whom much is given, much is required. And some of us may be afraid to know all of these things because now you know God has great requirements of you because of what he has invested in you. And all the investment God has given you is going to be very detrimental to yourself if you don't take it and do something with it. Because, again, you have to justify your existence. We do it in some way, shape, or form. But, again, I'm done comparing anything to God. But we have children and we say, well, you got to go to school and you got to become an engineer or you got to become an accountant. But what we're doing, we're kind of doing that. You better, you, it is a reason why you're here. We like to say, I know it's a reason why I'm here. Well, I've just given you reason number one why you're here. Reason number one why every person that is born and in this world is to justify who God really is. And now it's incumbent upon that individual to justify their existence for being here. Let's pray. Father, oh God, we worship you. We adore you. God, I can't stop just, just, just worshiping even when i'm not lifting my hands my heart lord god is lifted up to thee lord god my my lips will praise thee my my whole heart will be poured out before you because you are the incomprehensible god there is none like you lord god you are transcendent you are self-sufficient besides you there is no other god besides you there is no other savior you are unique and nothing can compare to you lord god i am so thankful lord god that you allowed me to know about you i thank you for revealing yourself to us and allowing yourself to be related to us. God, you didn't have to make yourself relatable, but you did. And we're so privileged. I give you praise tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Lord God, is there somebody here tonight?